Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, shoot like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello, and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Emily, and surprise, Remy is still out of the country. We miss you, Remy. She'll be back with us next week, but in her place today is returning guest, comedian, friend of the show, and overall great human being. I'm so excited to have this person at my side, Tracy Carnazzo. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm pumped. So glad that you're here. And today, we're actually interviewing someone that you and I have both been following for a while. And he is a fitness trainer, but one with a really interesting perspective on weight loss, on health at every size. And we're really going to get into it today and hit him with some super serious questions about weight loss. I'm excited about this. Yeah. So let's bring him in. Okay, guys, we are joined by certified personal trainer, fitness coach, and anti-diet culture advocate. Welcome to the podcast, Adam Wright. Thank you. Happy to be here. So glad to have you. We've become fast fans of yours. We're fans. Huge fans. (laughs) We've been following you on Instagram for quite a long time. So it feels really surreal to be seeing you even through a screen. Thank you. That's so nice. I think we've watched all his videos, right? Yeah, I think every, every single, single one. one. Yeah. Okay. And we'll like send them to each other and be like, wow, this is a really good point. Uh, <laughs> so just so you know, we're we're fangirls. We're fangirls. I'm curious. I know you have an interesting backstory with this. What was your relationship to health, fitness, body image, all of that growing up? You know, it's it's been really up and down. It's been all over the place, which I think helps me. I think maybe that's why people relate to uh, the things that I say. I started, I mean, I was always an overweight kid, grew up overweight, um, battled that all the way through like high school. And then high school, I had an eating disorder and battled bulimia for uh, for a while. And then I joined the military after high school and oh, sort wow. of after having recovered from that, gained weight, then lost weight. And then after I got out of the army, gained weight again. And so it wasn't until I was like 25 that I was really like, I had gotten into college, started working at a gym. Um, and I, I had previously, like just before that, lost a significant amount of weight. On purpose? On purpose. The, the reason, the catalyst for that was I, I was getting married and I saw our engagement pictures and I was like, oh my God, here's like my beautiful wife. And I just did not feel like comfortable or happy in the skin that I was in, uh, you know, and and I wanted to feel better and be more confident for our, um, our wedding pictures. You were shedding for the wedding. In other words, I was, I was literally shedding for the wedding, which is so weird because back then I was still sort of, um, engulfed in diet culture. I would never tell clients now, okay, let's like lose a bunch of weight for your wedding because I, I just don't feel like setting those deadlines for yourself. It's, it's good to have a goal, but setting those deadlines can be so toxic sometimes. But regardless, that was the way, that was where I was at in my life. And then um, after I had lost this significant amount of weight, started working at a gym and started talking to the personal trainers there. And I was like, man, you guys have a really cool job. You need to help people. Like, I, I think that I'd be really good at that. I was a medic in the army and I've always loved helping people. So it was sort of like a, a, it was different, but similar. So I thought, you know what? I, I think I'd be pretty good at this. So I spoke to my, uh, my, my boss at the gym and they, they, they sponsored me, which means they paid for my certification to go get certified. And I went and um, quickly moved up the ranks. I became a master trainer in a couple of years, which just means you train a certain amount, you know, 2000 hours of clients. Um, and that happened fairly quickly. I became a master trainer. I became a 
a fitness manager. And then um, I left the big box gym because it's, it's, a, it's a special atmosphere. <laughs> um, it's a great place to start, but I really don't think that it ties, you know, the, the gym culture and diet culture are very hand in hand. And ultimately when I left, I decided I wanted to do things differently. And that's when I started posting on social media and um, people really sort of related to my message of, you know, let's, let's get away from the toxic diet culture and the idea that, you know, you have to like being thin is always better and yeah. you can't be fat and be happy or healthy. And, and um, I just wanted to, I wanted people to be happier in their bodies and in their lives. And so that's sort of the message that I send now is that you can be in a larger body or be in a, you know, whatever body you're in, you can be healthy, you can be happy. And as long as you are those things, that's really the thing that matters most. Yeah. And I see what you're saying, because that is kind of the antithesis of what they tell you at these big box gyms. Like it, it does seem like they'll kind of just take on any client and they really push, you know, weight loss and fighting for stereotypical goals of what they think somebody wants when they're getting fit. And that's not really what you seem to be about at all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really try not to push weight loss on my clients. I don't tell clients they, what they need to do with their body. And when you work at a big box gym, uh, you know, like, like a Gold's or a Planet Fitness or anything like that, even a Planet Fitness. I worked at 24 Hour Fitness, which is a, a West Coast a gym. But, you know, any of those big box gyms, will tell you that you know you need to be you know let's look at the bmi chart and let's look at like let's get your body fat down and even somebody goes in who happens to be in a bigger body but doesn't have a weight loss goal go talk to a personal trainer they're just going to assume right just going to assume that that's what you want i think do. that when you're in a bigger body everyone always assumes that that is your goal absolutely you know that that's been my experience when is it okay to want to lose weight you know i i watched uh all of your videos, Emily and I have been, you know, sending them back and forth, discussing all of them together. And I do see that, you know, your kind of your goals are not always weight loss and usually not weight loss centered. And I, you know, I've gone through a lot of body positivity coaching and, you know, I was working with a weight neutral health coach and it was always like, you know, you, we shy away from weight loss. You know, we're moving our bodies. And if weight loss is a result, that's a great thing. When is it OK to say, like, I want to lose weight? I don't think anybody should make that decision for you. I don't know that there's a right answer to that. Well, what, what about if I made the decision for myself and I came to you and I said, hey, I want to lose weight. I mean, what is your approach to that? That's the right time okay. when you make the decision, I think, because I mean, if someone comes to me and there's, you know, or doesn't come to me, let's say there's someone who's 600 pounds says, I don't want to lose weight. It's not my place to say, well, you should lose weight. Yeah. You know, health is not an obligation. Um, mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't want to live that sort of lifestyle, then who am I to tell them differently? Now, if somebody does come to me and says, uh, you know, hey, can you help me? I want to do that. Then I will absolutely do that. So I think the decision lies with each individual. The right time to make that decision is, is different for everybody. So that's what I would say. It's just a personal decision. How do yeah. you work with that, though, and shy away from diet culture? Because that's the the hard thing that I find all the time. It's like when I am setting a weight loss goal, how do you get away from diet culture because it's so toxic? It's a really fine line. And sometimes it's even hard for me to find it. because. But but I, I truly do believe because you have two two sides of the spectrum here. You have one side that says you should be losing weight, right? You should like have six pack, <laughs> you should be super fit. Uh, and you have the other side, uh, anti-diet culture, which says, like, you should not be trying to intentionally lose weight. Well, that's Love the problem body. that I'm having is that, is that when people say that it should never be intentional, there has to be some kind of middle ground. You know, I don't know if either side is correct. Yeah. For, or at least for me. Because I think what Tracy is saying, and I experienced this, I used to live in a larger body as well, is like, if you express any kind of weight loss goal, then oftentimes you'll be met with people who say like, oh, well, that's actually not in pursuit of health. You wanting to right. lose weight, that should just be a side effect. But mm -hmm. then again, on the other side, you see people saying, well, higher weights are associated with certain afflictions and you should want to have a healthy, stable weight, whatever that looks like for you. So it's kind of hard to join those two things when you're trying to truly get healthy. 
It is hard. And I, 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 tr I, I truly believe there is a middle ground, you know, where we can maybe want to make some changes uh, in our body to make ourselves happier, but also be able to love our body and respect it in the skin that we're in at that present moment in time. Um, because if you're going from one side of the spectrum to the other, both sides are telling you what to do or not to do mm -hmm. with your body. And, and again, that is your personal decision. And that may change throughout your life. But I think that finding that middle ground of saying, you know what, I love my body. It's not perfect. I'd like to change some things. But I should be able to both be confident and also want to put in a little bit of work and change some things if I want to. There has to be a middle ground. So that's what I try and find. It's not always easy, but I try and, and, and preach that and tell that to my clients that, you know what, it's okay. It's okay to, to struggle with that. That It's a catch-22. You know, either way, it seems very frustrating. How do you guide things, though? You know, if someone comes to you and says they want to lose weight, are you guiding them towards restricting their caloric intake? Like what? I know that you're about movement, but there has to be something else as well, right? Depends how you define restriction. I mean, if you ask some people, they'll say any sort of calorie deficit is restriction. I will concede that if you're going to lose weight, you obviously have to be in a calorie deficit. So there's going to be some restriction there. Mm -hmm. But I try not to be overly restrictive. And I don't want clients to do that. What I usually do, um, occasionally, but not usually, do I have clients count calories, count macros, what I usually do is I have them track their hunger cues, Part of intuitive eating, which is what I, I teach a lot of my clients, is this idea of a hunger scale from zero to 10. And so I teach, I teach clients to track their hunger and their fullness throughout the day so that they can kind of shy away from getting so hungry that they overeat mm -hmm. and getting so full that they end up skipping meals. So that tends to result in less overeating. And once we pair that with regular exercise and drinking plenty of water and eat more protein, more fiber, just regular, normal, healthy habits, that can often in itself just lead to weight loss. Right. Nothing super overly restrictive, nothing crazy. I mean, I'm telling clients to get more sleep. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's not like, okay, you need to go and run on the treadmill for three hours and I need you to eat, you know, 1100 calories. Today. Right. I don't do that with never. So yeah. that's what I try and do. And it, it's crazy because I don't think that it's my philosophy is not extreme. Right. It's not crazy. But it seems to be that I'm sort of on the echelon of there's not many coaches like me, which yeah, no. is just such a shame because <laughs> I feel like it's a reasonable place to be, my position. Yeah. I, I mean, even I, I feel like there's such a, a binary between what people think like healthy eating versus unhealthy eating. And what you're talking about is listening to your hunger cues. And I assume you don't encourage clients to eliminate any foods. But a lot of professionals in the field will say, well, if you want to lose weight, you can never eat donuts. And it's like how I, I, I'm seeing more and more people reframe that way of thinking of like, no, you actually, you can have a donut and that will give you more satisfaction actually throughout the day to eat that. But can we also add in other nutrients so that you feel more satisfied? And to me, yeah. that's such a more sustainable way to go about it. Absolutely. And that's what I mean by like these ideas of all foods fit in moderation. Like we are not the extreme. But there, so there should be more people not taking the extreme approach. And, um, and it, but you're right, there are so many more coaches telling you to cut this out, cut that out. And that's way too common in this industry, uh, in the fitness community, is people telling you, you, you have to, you have to do this and you can't have that, you can't do this. And I try and say, hey, look, you can just do it once in a while and don't do it all the time, you know, do it sometimes or have, or, or do it often, but you know, a smaller amount. Mindfulness. Yeah, be yeah. mindful. You know, um, that's another thing that I really try and, and teach people is like, you want a donut? That's fine. But you know what? Let's really make the most of that. Let's really slow down. Let's, you know, close your eyes if you need to really get like savor all of that. Oh, I love closing it. my eyes while I eat. Oh, that's my favorite. Just lapping it up. I'll do a dance. I'm just like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I dance too. Actually, Lauren, our content manager posted it was this video of like, why do girls always do this when they have a good meal? And it's like, 
they're dancing. And I'm like, I do that too. <laughs> we should, we should at least, because if you really enjoyed, like when you, if, if you really enjoy one donut that much, all of a sudden you don't need to, you know, shove four in your mouth because, you know, you weren't thinking about it. And that's often what we do, right? We're just like, we're, we're like, oh my God, I only have uh, five minutes before I have to get back to work. Like, I don't have anything to eat. Let me just eat these, these donuts I have right mm -hmm. in front of me. Or, you know, we're, we're watching a movie and we're eating, you know, we're just like mindlessly eating our popcorn. We're not enjoying it. We're not savoring it. So that's really what I try and teach people is you don't have to cut things out, but let's just be more mindful about what we're eating and how much we're eating. So if we can do that, those are the things that are going to help us like those long-term sustainable habits of not eating while you're distracted, of not letting yourself get too hungry, of not pushing past your fullness. Those things are going to help you live a lifestyle and probably see a little bit of weight loss. I mean, sort of depends. Again, there's a fine line. We sure. don't need to make that the first priority, but it'll probably end up as a byproduct. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your own fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some Smalls to my friend in Brooklyn who is fostering kittens, and they took to it right away. It is delicious. It is nutritious. It is easy to serve. Yum, yum, yum. Eat it up. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. Guys, as many of you know, I've been on an alcohol-free journey. Please don't hold it against me that I just said journey, but I have. And one thing that I've really missed on this journey is beer. But now with Athletic Brewing, I'm able to get that delicious beer-like taste in my mouth without any of the alcohol. It's amazing. Just so you guys know, I used to love sours. I'm a big sour drinker and I really miss that taste. And now I don't have to miss out on it. It's amazing. Whether you're trying to cut back or you just want to explore a non-alcoholic alternative, Athletic Brewing is often a game changer. They offer a variety of different full-flavored brews with no alcohol allowing you to sip and celebrate anytime and anywhere. Do you like hazy IPAs, sweet fruity sours? Now you can enjoy this style without the hangover the next day. They offer hassle-free delivery right to your door when you order at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic brews bevs you can drink anytime, anywhere, and still go right back to whatever you were doing. It's a great fit for parenting, playing sports, watching sports, doing chores, late nights, and early mornings, so you can imbibe without worry. Try Athletic Brewing non-alcoholic beers for yourself. Use code DST to get 15% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. That's code DST at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. One of the videos that uh, Emily and I, they, it really stood out to us is when you were consulting with someone and you had turned her down because you didn't think that weight loss was really, uh, it wasn't her, the time in her life where she should be focusing on weight loss. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. how, how do you assess that within yourself? You know, how, how do you, how could we do that for ourselves and say like, you know, well, maybe now is not the greatest time. Yeah. So this particular client or or potential client um who came to me uh had had initially told me that like hey like i battled anorexia and i'm like okay like how 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 long ago and she says well like you know i i still i still have that oh um, dear okay mm. it, so it's a thing called it's a thing called atypical anorexia which a lot of people don't 
I've never heard of, um, even doctors, unfortunately, atypical anorexia is anorexia in a larger body. Because when you think anorexia, you think very frail, very thin. Yeah, and it's, it's actually a misnomer case. because more people in larger bodies have eating disorders than Absolutely. medically under. Absolutely. And so this particular person was saying that she had struggled with this and been struggling with this. And that immediately, you know, sets off a red flag for me. And I had to tell her, look, you know, I, I want what's best for you. And overall, like, I am here to help uh, people live a healthier lifestyle. Health, health does not mean, I don't, I don't equate health and weight loss. So what you need to get right first is your mental health and make sure you have that all under control. Because if I immediately tell you, like your goal, her goal was to lose weight and she came to me with an ED, right? So I, what I would initially be doing or what I would definitely be doing is perpetuating that eating disorder. So I said, you need to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row first and you've, you, you can like mentally handle uh, a calorie deficit without that inner voice telling you to do more, go further. And then we can talk about, you know, some, right. some, some fitness and some health goals. But uh, so for her, and, and anyway, to your point, uh, to the video you're referencing, she made a video saying, hey, yeah, I met with Adam. I was really happy that he actually turned me away because it's what I needed to hear. And so it's not often that I turn clients away, but I think that, you know, having some integrity as a coach and not just taking their money. Yeah, go, going for the money grab, I think, is where we see a lot of, uh, you know, the diet culture in general as well. And it was very refreshing to see someone that would turn someone away for their well-being. And that's not the norm in this industry. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Of course. Yeah. Have you ever had a client like start training with you and then later down the line realize that, oh, I actually don't have a healthy relationship with food or is part of your work with the client healing their relationship with food? Yeah, most of most of my clients. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody who's come to me saying, hey, I've got it. Well, maybe one person I can think of. Uh, she was a dietitian and came to me and wanted mm. some fitness training, but everybody else usually struggles with their relationship with food. Yeah. You'd and, be hard pressed to find someone with a perfect relationship with food, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and, and I tell them, you know, I don't have, I don't even have a perfect relationship with food. I think it's something that you will always struggle with to some degree. So there's always something to improve. And, um, and that's nobody's fault. That is diet culture. It is literally in everything and everywhere. So it's constantly bombarding you and it's difficult. It's, you know, and so, and not only do you have to work, you know, work to have a better relationship with food, but then you have to constantly keep practicing that. And um, it's never something you'll have perfected, but most of my clients, yeah, that's, that's one thing that we talk about often. So we usually start with, let's make sure that you are taking care of your body, you are performing acts of self-care so that your stress is managed and you're sleeping well and all of these like typical things that you should just be doing, like sleeping and you know, not having like super bad anxiety from work and things like that. Wait. We what? should take care of those first. <laughs> I know. What do you mean not having super bad anxiety? <laughs> is that a problem? Like these should be things we need to tackle first so that we can listen to our body and our hunger cues and our fullness cues. Because if we are just like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. Like, let me just go and go to the pantry and eat my feelings right now. Right, and, or the opposite. Uh, or, or not eat, yeah. yeah, not eat at all. Yeah, then then of course you're gonna, you're not, there's no way you're gonna be able to feel your, oh yeah, I'm feeling, I'm really checking in with my body right now and it's telling me I'm hungry. No, you're like, I'm, I'm so stressed and I haven't slept in two and a half days. And it's like, let's, okay, let's, let's address those things first. And then we can talk about, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, have you ever seen the analogy? You have the jar, you put the big rocks in yeah, and then you can fill it with the smaller rocks. That's, that's the way I like to look at it. Let's tackle the big things first, the stress management, the sleep, the water intake. Right. And then we can start worried about like, how, you know, what, what are you feeling right now? You're looking at more of the whole picture than most people in your industry do. I really do try and look at it holistically. You know, health is, is a very complicated thing and, and everything goes hand in hand. It's not just, hey, you're not moving enough and mm -hmm. you're eating too much. <laughs> Have we thought about the mental health aspect? Have we thought about, you know, 
the the responsibilities and obligations that are you know overwhelming our clients thinking about um the habits and the 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 food rules they grew up with and the uh, you know the the habits that they've formed from childhood there's a lot of things we have to unlearn before we can learn new things totally and i think people really underestimate the mind body connection when it comes to a lot of things but even the the thing you were saying about stress i mean living a low stress life it's connected to health in so many ways and longevity in so many ways. And there are actually studies that show that people who reduce their stress are overall way healthier. But then <laughs> it's encouraged in our society to always be working and to be working at full capacity all the time. So these two things do not match up. Right. And then we wonder why we're all unhealthy all the time. Right. And it's not just yeah. what people think. It's not. Yeah. People immediately think, oh, you're overweight. That means you're lazy it means you're you know you have no discipline and it's like well <laughs> you could point to a number of reasons why somebody might have gained weight that you know <laughs> the thing that i feel like is missing in my industry most is empathy and you yes. i don't think that's something you, you necessarily immediately think of but it's it's a lack of understanding and and uh, of what somebody is going through sure it's a lot of judgment it's a ton of judgment Absolutely. And and from personal trainers, from coaches. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I've even heard people say that they think that body shaming is an effective form of motivation. Oh, I've had trainers that have body shamed me. And it's, it's so crazy oh, because once again, there are actual studies that show that body shaming people does not serve as any kind of motivation. It actually makes them regress. When yeah. it was happening to yeah. me, I thought that it was great. I was like, this guy's great. He just screams to the top of his lungs at me. It was like a very <laughs> militant style of training. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I need. This is what I've always needed. It's just that, you know, mm -hmm. maybe my body is bigger because no one screamed at me enough. <laughs> you know? Right? Well, and you know where that comes from? It comes from probably the, the one thing that perpetuated toxic diet culture. Sure. Uh, it was a cultural phenomenon, The Biggest Loser. Yeah. Yes. I think that I loved is, it. I watched it all the time, religiously. Me too. That was my jam. Yeah. I, will, I, I I literally have already started putting together a video um, talking about The Biggest Loser. I'll be I'm like, she lost 17 pounds this week. What a loser. She's slacking. <laughs> what I'm like, what, what did she? She was probably binging. Right. Yeah. And that is... That is the epitome of like when you think personal trainer, you think Jillian Michaels. Yeah, you think yeah. you know Biggest Loser, and that makes that made. I mean, I, I didn't start training until well after that. But wow, did that idea make my job much harder? Well, because mm -hmm. people think that they they think personal training, they think you need somebody to yell at you and scream at you until you know and slap the you know bagel pizza out of your, your hand. hand. Yeah, but but yeah. the thing is most. Most, if not all, I don't have the numbers on it, but most, if not all of those contestants have actually put on the weight or more that they lost while being on the show. Absolutely. And that's just Absolutely. a testament to these extreme measures that people go to. They're not sustainable. Well, you were in the military, though. So how, yes. did, I mean, how was that kind of training? Like, do you think that that was helpful to you or hurtful to your you know, body image, your relationship with food, like all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, um, it's very it's very similar to the Biggest Loser. Yeah, style. yeah, it's very militant, milit very militant. You know this this drill sergeant esque motivation, and um, will it get you results? I mean, for in the short term. Well, that's the thing. It's like, can you argue that that actually does work? Depends how you define that right. work. You know, like, is it going to get you results in the short term? Yeah, probably in right. the you short know, term. Um, right. Yeah, but he talked about. I mean, look at the sustainability of it. Is that person going to be always there yelling at you? I mean, go off, Queen, if you can afford that. <laughs> if you can just get sure, your but, own personal drill sergeant. Yeah. But after that, you know, like once, if you do keep up that lifestyle and you do, like, even if you could afford that, uh, you're going to, you're going to just hate so many aspects of your life. You're like, no, I can never have that. My personal trainer will yell at me when I, you sure. know, when mm. I, when I eat that, um, he'll know, uh, you know, I've had, I've had clients come to me scarred from previous personal trainers, you know, sure. who would see them gain weight, uh, even though weight is fluctuates every day, but would see them gain weight and accuse them of cheating on their diet right, over mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and lying to them about it. And it's so, it's so sad. It's so sad to me because people in my, I mean, my industry 
is supposed to be is supposed to be, care about wellness, supposed sure. to care about health, and mental health is a big part of that. When we're not caring about somebody's mental health, we're not caring about their health. Right. I, yeah. I, th- I think that that's kind of like the overall view of, you know, when you're hiring a personal trainer, it's like, I don't really care about your mental health. No one can see that on you. We're looking for results so that I can put a before and after on my Instagram. And yeah. look really impressive. Yes. Yeah. But yes. Do, do you think that, you know, people with different body shapes, you know, I think that there's, there's an ideal image of what uh, most people, and I can't, you know, speak for everyone. Most people want to be, you know, muscular and thin. And and do you think that that's possible for everyone? Because you know, just like you said, I don't know if you would be happy like that. I feel like, you know, I see people. I have friends that you know lived in bigger bodies, and now they've dedicated their life to working out, and they've dedicated their life to eating, you know, being in a caloric deficit at every single moment in their life. And I'm like, is she happy? Like she is smaller, but is she happy? I don't know. I mean, do you think that it's possible to, uh, you know, if you're living in a larger body and maybe it's hereditary or, or whatever it is, do you think that it's possible to sustain a small body without extreme measures? It's really hard to say. And I don't even know if, you know, science has a definitive answer on this. Um, but based on my experience, I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't think it's possible for everyone. I don't think that right. it just... There are so many factors that are at play from the way you grew up through the way your parents, the way that their genetics and your grandparents' genetics, sure. you know, what was passed on to you, your environment, which you were raised in, the current environment and, and accessibility of uh, nutritious foods and, and um, your physical ability. And, and there's so many different factors that I just... I don't know that it's, uh, I, I don't think a, a normal, I don't know how you define normal, but I don't think your typical conventional, uh, conventionally attractive body is a, is a realistic thing for do everybody. You, do you, um, you know, let people know that? Would you express that to your client? Like if I came to you mm-hmm. and I was like, listen, I want to live my life. I want a six pack. I want to be a size four. And that's what I want. I don't have an eating disorder, but this is what I want. Like that's my ideal body type. What would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes. I, I have to remind clients that what's more important is non-scale victories. Like we sure. re- really try and em- emphasize those. And yeah, I mean, sometimes they will say like, okay, we will do what we can to get you to a place where you feel comfortable and, and happy and confident. But like, I don't, yeah, we have to set realistic expectations. Right. I try. I try to frame that in a way that doesn't sound. Yeah, that's mean what I'm saying. That's like, a hard thing to say to someone. Yeah. Like, hey, you're never going to be a size four. You're never going to have yeah. a six pack. But you know, I, I think yeah. that um, our society or or you know the people around us are thinking like you're not like especially for me. I could speak for myself. I think that people look at me and they go, well, you know, you don't have a six pack and you're not a smaller size because you don't work hard enough. And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people, you know, that are living in smaller bodies are not necessarily working harder than anyone else. You know, I I have a lot of friends that are very thin. They don't work out. They're not watching what they eat and they're just in smaller bodies. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. 
change your clothes. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I can tell you from personal experience, because I used to be in a bigger body, but I was a binge eater. And so this is like an example of how everybody is built completely differently. And it comes down to, in my opinion, it comes down to genetics much of the time. So I was certainly in a bigger body, but I was in a bigger body because I ate a lot, a lot of food every day, and I didn't move very much. My genetics are so that after I started intuitive eating, after I got a more positive relationship with food and I wasn't binging every day, I am now a fairly thin person because of what my genetics have said. But I have many friends who their genetics are so that maybe they have a certain disorder or they're just not built to be smaller than a certain size and it doesn't matter how hard they try. So I think everybody is built differently, just like you said, but it, it you also see the same thing with weight loss because we generalize with weight loss like, oh, you're fat because you eat too much. Right. When that's not everybody. But that, that is what I struggle with because I, you know, my entire life I've been, you know, in, immersed in diet culture since I am a small kid. And, you know, I, I think that in my life I've accomplished so much you know, in my work life in you know, all of that, I, you know, I have had success in so many things and I'm the kind of person who is, you know, very, um, careful of everything that I do in my life. And for me, it feels sometimes like such a defeat that it's like, I just can't get my hand around I can't get a handle on my weight, you know, whatever that means for, for whoever. And for me, it means, you know, I've never been able to get to my ideal, you know, goal. And I just, I haven't been able to do it. And, you know, a lot of people say, you're just not working hard enough. You're, and no, I'm not willing to dedicate my life to, you know, I, you know, you do it to an extent, but I'm not willing to dedicate my entire life and my entire personality. You know, it's like those people that are like, well, you know, if you just keep running, you're going to start loving running. So I started running and I'm like, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. And it's like, you know, we'll just keep doing it. You're going to love it. And it's like, I just don't. I just don't. And also people in smaller bodies, not everyone's running all the time. Not everyone's in the gym all the time. So it's very confusing to me where it's like I could be so victorious in other places in my life. And it's is it because I just don't have a grip? I mean, I can't I can't say that for sure. You know, I mean, the thing is, I have a lot of clients who um, will come to me overweight and we'll lose a lot of weight and then we get to a point where they're still a little overweight but then what's not what's working what was working is not working sure. anymore even though seemingly they seem to be doing everything right they hit a plateau so to speak yeah and you know what their body just is happy staying there mm-hmm. and they're not unhealthy they don't have any health conditions um they are you know feeling more confident and and they're um, feeling stronger and they're, they're improving in so many ways that are not reflected on the scale and so that is when I say, 
listen, you need to start like changing the way that you feel about this. Cause like you're at a, you've seen some great results, but like your body seems to be pretty happy right here. The acceptance phase. Yeah. And that is really missing. And it's, it's a hard place to get, especially for clients. They're like, so <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that it's hard. It's hard to accept that. And again, I don't think you ever have to like, you don't just stop. Oh, okay. I guess this is where I, where I am now. Um, you can always be like trying to like do certain things better or like perform better, or um, there's always things you could do differently. Um, I suppose nobody's ever really got it perfectly figured out, but anyone who says, oh, you're just not working hard enough. I mean, it's just ignorance. They have yeah. no idea what somebody is doing or not doing. That's just more toxic diet culture. So I just try to remind clients of that. It's like, what's somebody else's opinion of you? That is not the truth, uh, nor does it really matter. I appreciate that. We have a couple questions related to fitness, fitness goals. I feel like I know what you're going to say, but we were having this conversation beforehand and and we were both like, I don't, I don't know this for sure. So if somebody wanted to change their body composition without necessarily focusing on weight loss, like let's say somebody wanted a, more of a waist or more of a, like but. an apple, an, a bud, sure, <laughs> uh, an apple shape, wanted to become more of an hourglass shape. Is that something that is achievable? Because you always hear, oh, well, um, spot weight loss is not possible or, or shrinking certain parts and not other parts is not possible. But I was advertised that you can just blast belly fat. I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> Flat tummy tea. Yeah. I saw that ad too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just go to the TikTok shop. You can probably yeah, the find TikTok shop, all sorts right? of things. I was told if I wear a waist trainer, then I will yeah. end up looking like Amrata. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, you cannot spot reduce fat. Um, you can't just do a bunch of ab exercises and all of a sudden your tummy is going to be gone. Um, you know, muscle muscles grow and muscles shrink. And um, you can grow muscles. In can you make a butt? You can make a butt. Yeah. A real big butt. Depending on your sure. genetics, though. I'm not sure that Tracy could build a big butt. I don't think I could. You I have, have like a <laughs> negative butt. I have a negative butt. I have a leg that comes into my 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 back. It's just concave. It's just one. It's not even concave. It's just straight. And I dream of a bigger butt. When I yeah. lose weight, I lose weight in my butt. I'm oh, like, I didn't so even have. annoying. I'm like, I didn't even have it to begin with, but it is so much thinner now. That's great. <laughs> Well, so here's the thing. It's it's really tricky, especially especially for women, because it is expected for you to have a big ass and like a flat tummy. Yes. Right. But the hard part is that to get bigger muscles, yeah. you typically not always. It's possible to build muscle in a calorie deficit, but it's a lot harder. So typically you've got to be in a calorie surplus. Sure. What does that mean? That means you're going to also be gaining weight. You got to be feeding dad ass. Exactly. And, that, and, no, and nobody wants to do that because nobody wants to gain weight in sure. order to get there. So it's constantly a catch 22 because, you know, especially for people who have lost weight already. Oh my God. It, and I can speak from I can speak for myself, but definitely for clients uh, who, like me, have lost a lot of amount of, uh, amount of weight, the idea of putting on more weight to gain muscle is like scary. It's really scary. Yeah. Um, but it's necessary, and it's just a temporary thing. So this is what I have to remind clients who want to gain muscle: is we can do this, but you have to understand you'll probably gain a little bit of weight, and and, and not a lot. You know, if we do it right, not going to gain a ton of weight, but you're going to see the number on the scale go up which is why I tell clients not to weigh themselves, but it's only temporary. And once we can start to have you, you know, like we gain that muscle, then we can start to put you in a calorie deficit again. And, and, you know, you can lose some body fat. So you make the butt first with food. Correct. <laughs> With mashed potatoes, and, very specific. Okay. Yeah, you mold it out of um, <laughs> out And of then you go for losing body fat. Yes. And that's okay. why bodybuilders do a bulk and a cut, sure. right? So that's mm -hmm. the idea. And I, uh, bodybuilding is its own separate form of oh, it's crazy. toxic diet culture. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not for everybody and I, and it's not for most people. Sure. Um, and I, and I wouldn't ever recommend people do that as somebody who's done it since we're on the topic. I did a, a 12 week, I, I hired a coach who was experienced in working with clients who would step on stage, do a bodybuilding competition. 
I didn't have this, uh, you know, dream of being a bodybuilder, but I wanted to, if, I wanted to say, okay, if I'm going to work with clients who maybe want to be bodybuilders, I want to experience what it's like to do that. Oh. You were method acting. Uh, so, I like it. <laughs> essentially. That's Christian Bale exactly over here. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so I went through a 12 week cut and I lost, you know, 30 or 40 pounds and was so shredded. But wow, after that, did I have a terrible relationship with food mm. and uh, you know, probably on the verge of another eating disorder because, you know, after you do it for so long, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get away from the meal plan that I was on. I couldn't get away. I couldn't, I, I, I'd seen myself in this incredible shredded body right. and, and it, it took, it took so much effort to get there. I was working out 12 times a week, not exaggerating. I was, I I'm was doing math in my head. That's, I was doing cardio seven Almost days a twice week, a day. five days of weight training. Jeez. Are you triggered by steamed broccoli and grilled chicken? Well, I, luckily I'm a vegan, so there's no chicken on my <laughs> diet. But, uh, but, uh, but, but, but I actually had, had such a hard time getting away and eating anything that wasn't on the meal plan that I'd followed for 12 weeks. Right. And it was so disordered. It was so disordered. And, um, and, and, and remember we talked about how thinness doesn't equate to health. That's a, that's perfect ex exhibit a sure right? yeah i was i looked i looked great on the outside right but i felt absolutely terrible sex drive was gone could not go to disneyland or the fair or like i was doing all these things but i was bringing my own meal prep i couldn't sure. enjoy life uh, and yeah. um and the cost of getting that thin is overlooked by so many people so so yeah i would never that's not, not something that i would ever recommend for clients and um you can do, you can find this like gain muscle, lose fat without going to extreme methods. But most personal trainers don't understand that. They just think bulk cut, bulk cut. Yeah. And that's not good for lifestyle clients. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard people say that like you can get kind of more of a shapely, and this is for women, by the way, um, you can get like more of a shapely figure if you focus on building up your legs, then that makes your waist appear smaller. Like I've heard things like that, but it seems like the general consensus is you can't really change the shape that you have naturally. You don't think that Kim Kardashian just like works out very strategically? No, I think, she, yeah, no. It just works harder very, than it's everyone. It's all strategy. Exactly. Yeah, that's get off your ass and work. She just has a great trainer, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I there's nothing that. else going on there. According to her, I mean, she's never admitted course, to Yeah, of course not. Well, she x-rayed her butt, right? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Do you remember that when yeah. she x-rayed her butt? No. Oh, well, why would that show this? anything? To show that there was no implant, but you can't see your own fat transfer in no, your butt. But, <laughs> right, but yeah. Implants aren't the uh, only thing that right. people are fat using. Transfer. to. Yeah, exactly. So just because we don't see a foreign object in your ass doesn't mean you didn't get work done. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like yeah, these absolutely. people are gaslighting That's us. That's why I always say just fill it with mashed potatoes. You'll never, <laughs> ever get caught. <laughs> yeah. Just wear, just wear one of those, you know, uh, those butt shapers, those onesies. And I used nobody to have a will butt know. Pad. See, there you go. Yeah. Okay. The problem with butt pads when you're plus size. Tell me. This is one of the worst things in my life. Um, thank you for listening to my struggles, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> A butt pad when you're plus size looks like if you wear them, it just looks like you have like a pimple on your butt because they're very small. Narrow. Right. So I was looking into, I'm like plus size butt pads and I ordered a bunch of them off uh -huh. of different websites. And when they come, it's the same butt pad. It's the same butt pad. The underwear that it comes in is a little bit bigger. Okay. But I need a bigger butt pad. The shape itself. Right. The butt. The actual butt. So the I cheeks. looked into like what do drag queens use? And a lot of them are just doing hips. <laughs> and it's like this, these big foam things, but they're not like an everyday wear. So I don't know who's listening to this. I need a big butt pad. Thank Please you. Please slide in <laughs> Tracy's DMs. I love that Tracy has done the research and development. It's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> butt pad industry. <laughs> My God. Yeah, that, that's the whole. That's going to be the new sponsor. Yeah, a lot that's of people complain sponsor, about yeah. like, you know, plus size clothing and like we don't really have a lot of options. It's like, whatever. Who cares about that? Where's my big butt pad? <laughs> Where is it? No, that's a hole in the market. Yeah, I'll that wear needs leggings to be all day long. Give me the butt pad. Give me the Thank butt pad. You. Give me the butt pad. Yeah, no, my butt pad was just a standard. I'm calling my entrepreneur friends right Thank now. Thank you so oh, much. Yeah, you. we'll be in touch. Thank you. <laughs> Get her on Shark Tank stat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
in the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Selling a little... Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. I have one more question related to the gym and fitness. What would you recommend somebody do if they, let's say they don't have any weight loss goals, they don't have aesthetic goals per se, but they want to get healthier and they want to start lifting weights and really see an improvement generally. What would you suggest they do, like a a sample fitness plan starting in the gym? I'm glad you asked this. Um, And this is a big point that I really try and emphasize in my content is that this actually should be the reason that most people go to the gym. I mean, aesthetic change can happen, um, but unless you are a dedicated, like you are really looking at like, you know, this bodybuilding style of training, like you're probably going to see minimal like weight loss because of exercise. And I really try and say like, especially weight loss is mostly going to come from your nutrition. So exercise should be a form of self-care it should be something you enjoy and having a positive relationship with exercise is just as important as having a positive relationship with food because it happens so many times is you go to the gym because you want to burn calories right and then you end up and then either when you when you don't see weight loss because exercise is not a great tool for weight loss uh then you just end up stopping you're like why the hell am i even doing this Mm -hmm. um or you end up resenting it. You're like, I don't, I don't want to do this because every time I go to the gym, I try to lose weight. It feels like torture. Yeah. So yeah. people, and that literally, that's what people do is they torture themselves on the treadmill or like whatever. They're just running for hours. I think it actually used to be a form of torture, the treadmill. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think that's why it was invented. It was, it was like the old waterboarding. The OG waterboarding. I think treadmill. so. I think so. Somebody can fact check me. Yeah. But I that's think why I'm people uh, cover the treadmill in their house with clothes just yeah. to hide. Yes. It's triggering. Yes, we use it as a coat rack. Yes. <laughs> I really try and have people now. It, you asked about what should somebody do. I would say find what you like and do that thing. Because the more you like it, the more you're going to do it. Watching reality TV. <laughs> Maybe do some cozy cardio and turn on the trip, you know, walk on the treadmill while you're watching. I love the cozy cardio uh, trend. Do you know? Do you I know don't about know about this. this. It's is basic- there hot chocolate involved? There I could wish. Be. That okay. That's genius. <laughs> there could be. Yeah. yeah. Some, some, somebody on TikTok, I believe. Yeah. Made this. Yeah. Idea her of cozy name, cardio her name where- is Hope Zuckerbrow. We're actually trying to get her on the pod. Amazing. It's, yeah. It, so basically, it's like if you're intimidated by the gym or you just hate being in the gym, sure. it's like you could get a walking pad and then watch okay. movies and drink 
you know, a little refreshing beverage. Mm. And while you're on the walking pad and you end up walking so much more. Right. Because it's not yeah, intense. You can, be in your, mm-hmm. you can be in your slippers, you know, you can have a little warm sweater, uh, whatever, you know, with some good lighting. Like, honestly, that is wonderful. Get like, find something you like to do and do that thing. Because um, you trying to, you know, uh, go running, Tracy. Yeah. Hate Hated running. It. Oh God! Is not that's not a good. That's not what you want to do. It's yeah. not sustainable. You're not going to keep doing it. I mean, unless you I all of a not. sudden start to love it. So <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> spoiler alert. Didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, didn't um, I ran a five k. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> but if you were, you know, if you started walking more and you enjoyed walking, maybe walking a five k wouldn't be so bad right. or if you all of a sudden start like you do take some peloton and you like the peloton right. uh community or you join a crossfit gym and you really like the community there oh you're really overestimating me but i appreciate yoga it. class <laughs> I would, love, I would love to see you start flipping tires i, I would probably love it. Tire. i mean <laughs> one time i know somebody recently who was like the exercise i enjoyed the most was joining a like water aerobics group with a bunch of old ladies oh i she love said, I water love... aerobics i did it <laughs> yeah, in mexico she was like, was... so yeah. much fun <laughs> she was like that's the Are best and most i've ever enjoyed actually. i'm like let's do that let's do that more often because doing that you know three four five days a week versus doing cardio that you hate one time a week because you just dread it is so much better yeah, you we, know, we so, did spin in the pool in Mexico in the sun and you don't sweat because you're in the pool. It's amazing. How do you do that? Oh, they have bikes in the pool. Shut up. I can't make this up. All right. This is like I did it every day. water aerobics. Yeah. But that was, does sound that's fun. That's what we need to do. The problem is, is that we don't live in Mexico. Right. I don't have that's a pool. I don't have a pool. We're poor. Do we know anybody with a pool? <laughs> that we could put a water bike in that's in the sun and then it's always sunny out? Rob's not. This is a really, really big uh, order. We have to move to Miami at least. Yeah. To start doing Let's this. Let's do it. I don't know. When, I, I will tell you though, when I ran the 5K, I did train for six months for it. It's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> and my friend did it with me and I was like, you know, are you going to train? And he's like, no, I'm going to, uh, I'm working overnight that night. I'm going to come to the 5K with you. I'm going to run it. I'll be home in 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I've been training for this for six <laughs> months. So as I was at the the halfway mark and, you know, this was uh, it was in Long Island, New York, and there was an announcement. You could hear the announcements as you were running through this park. And every time someone crossed the finish line, they would announce the person that crossed. I'm halfway through and I hear 99 years old finished in whatever. And they no. and I was halfway through and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Someone who is 99 years old just crossed the finish line. I'm halfway through and I'm, I'm dying. You know what? You, did you finish? I finished. I did. That's what matters. And then I laid That's on the matters. grass for an hour and no one could touch me. <laughs> They're like, come on, Tracy, let's go. Was, was running home at that point. The 99-year-old was probably halfway through his work day. <laughs> but you guys got the same medal. We got the same you know? medal. Yeah. That's what matters. <laughs> That's what matters. And and that's really what I try and emphasize with clients. It's like, you know what, unless you were really, you know, really focused on the Boston Marathon or something, uh, you did a great job just finishing doing it and having that positive relationship with exercise and enjoying what you're doing. And, you know, sometimes it's a learning opportunity. Didn't like it, find something else, you know, maybe you're taking pole or silk or like any sort of there's thousands of types of exercise. Oh, out pole there. Find dancing. something you enjoy. Yeah. Pole oh, yeah. dancing. So that can be fun. Now. Yeah. And then it could lead to the career that we've always wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. We could, we could become a troop, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a traveling, yeah, a traveling, a traveling pole uh, dancing troop. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about stuff like that it's like there are people that are so insanely good at it. Like when you start getting into those niche, workouts Mm -hmm. there are people who are like professionals and they go to the class so many times a week so then you're in this class and you feel like such a fucking loser yeah just looking around just laying on the floor in your underwear stuck to the pole i mean yeah these women are like (laughs) pussy popping on a handstand and you're like struggling to make your way up the pole i'm like i can't really walk in heels what are we doing (laughs) (laughs) it's just not sexy that probably is my 
you know, fitness is so intimidating for a lot of people yeah. because I mean, it really is. That's the hard part about this whole journey is walking through the door. I tell people sometimes the hardest rep you're going to do is, is opening the front door yeah. of the gym yeah. because getting in there, um, when it is full of people who are, you know, better in, you know, at performing, you know, I, I, when I moved, I moved back from Chicago to Southern California and I got this new gym membership and I walked into the gym and wow, it was a humbling experience because everybody, it was a bodybuilder gym. Everybody's bigger than me. The women bigger than me. I'm like, boy, I'm, you know, yeah. I yeah. can now sort of understand why um, this is a bit intimidating for some people, especially because when you're in a bigger body, um, you know, people are either patronizing Hey, keep up the good work. Oh, you know, God. Or, oh God, yeah. Or, or they, they just, just stare you. at you. I mean, I mean, yeah. sometimes they just stare at you. Yeah, and so you know, it's it's. <laughs> I hear people. Oh, people either feel that way, like everyone's staring at me, or they're like, I know everyone's not staring at me, but I feel like it is. But both of those are valid. Whether or not people are actually looking at you, if, if you feel like they're still looking at you, like. It's okay to feel a little intimidated and a little bit sad, uh, sad and scared. And I think those people think that they shouldn't feel that way. And I don't think that's true. So if working out from your living room or doing some cozy cardio or getting a building a home gym, a simple home gym, something like that helps you exercise more or walking around your neighborhood, whatever it is sure. that helps you exercise more, I encourage you to do that. And don't feel like you have to go to a gym or you have to join a pole class or you have to go and do yoga with, you know, People who've been doing it for 15 years or right. whatever. Join, like go do something that you enjoy. Well, my my favorite thing that I do uh, that's cardio is that I walk around the cemetery by my house. Tracy. That's no, I do. Crazy. It's great. Let me tell you something. <laughs> it is underrated. There's no cars. You're walking because, you know, there's like streets in the cemetery. And I have mm -hmm. a beautiful, um, it's like a historical cemetery by my house. It's beautiful. I'll take you. And what cemetery is it? Uh, it's the Maple Grove Cemetery. It's okay. a historic cemetery in Queens, and it's absolutely beautiful. And it's like I guess people don't go there, so it would be more right. fun than you're like walking there, around a park. You're like by yourself, sort of. It depends on what you uh, believe in. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can just walk <laughs> with space, you so know. Like Otherwise, we're in New York City. Like, where are you walking oh, freely? Well, do you know what I actually? I, I would. I just remembered this. My sister lives across the street from a historical cemetery. Yeah. It's it's the Greenwood Cemetery. You I know love. The, I've walked that one too. It's absolutely it's beautiful. beautiful, Adam. If you're ever in New York, go to the Greenwood Cemetery. It's they amazing. Have, like whole sections for they have tours. They yeah they do, and I mean they do all kinds of stuff. They do concerts, but they have um See? they have sections for each war. Like soldiers yeah. from each war oh, that our country has ever fought. Yeah, it's very interesting. And the, and Mae West is buried there too. A lot of a lot of uh, celebs. A lot of celebs are buried there, but they actually don't allow people to run in the. Well, cemetery I'm not anymore. running. Let's get real. <laughs> it's a, it's a Wait, slow, I thought you loved running. <laughs> it's I, a very slow walk. I think they had a problem with runners. Like they had too much congestion or something. But I guess yeah, if you're yeah. just walking around, there's you, a pond. There's frogs. There's ducks like there's it's so amazing turtles if you like turtles i mean really who doesn't like tur turtles i saw a groundhog in there like this is that's my jam i can't wait to be in there forever <laughs> so do i guess what adam is saying is do more of that if you enjoy it right, do i'm gonna more go back to the cemetery guys they're gonna recognize you they they again. while we still have you i, I want to ask you one more thing last week i had a different guest host our lauren of the ds team was my guest host last week and she shared something that I found really unsettling, which was that you were talking to a doctor and the doctor asked you how active you are. And you said, and she said, I walk 10,000 steps a day, you know, just around the city. We live in New York City. And he said, that doesn't count. That, what do you mean that doesn't count? I, I was what so taken mean? aback by this because let's say you live in I don't know. That doesn't count for what? What doesn't it count? Like if I lived in bum The fuck, body keeps score. If I, the body <laughs> does keep score. No, but I wanted to ask you about this because if I lived in bumfuck Kentucky and I never walked at all, I, I would feel like if I moved to New York City and started walking 10,000 steps a day, my fitness would vastly improve. So what yeah. is your opinion about that? Just like regular everyday walking. Does it count towards fitness? 
Lauren, get a new doctor. That's Lauren, get say. a new doctor. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, no, it absolutely counts. So there, I'm going to give you a little bit of science. There is something called um, exercise activity thermogenesis, which is what you do when you're intentionally exercising. And then there's something called non-exercise activity thermogenesis, NEAT. And NEAT is what you're doing throughout the day, right? As you're walking, as you're moving, as you're doing dishes, as you're folding laundry, it's everything you do throughout the day. And you are going to burn much more calories. And again, I don't like to think about burning calories, but just science, from a scientific um, perspective. Yeah, you'll burn more energy. You'll burn more energy doing more NEAT than you will spending an hour doing your Oh, that counts, is interesting. Right? Thank you. So it absolutely Ugh. counts. And being more active and walking and 10,000 steps, is not a magic number, but it's a, you know, it's a, I, I tell clients, you can, you can start there if that works for you. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely counts. I don't know. I don't, we could spend a whole episode talking about bad advice from doctors yeah, that I've heard. Yeah, I know. I found that so shocking just because the unsettling. first thing that people tell you when you say, oh, I want to exercise more is th they'll be like, take a walk around your neighborhood, yeah. just like you said. So I find that very odd that somebody would be like, oh, yeah, all the steps Wild. that you're taking around your neighborhood, they don't count. A medical professional, uh, no less. Right. Yeah, it's really well, it depends on what you're terrible. wearing. What do you mean? <laughs> like if you have like a good gym outfit, this is that was my I, that's what I always thought, too. That's why, like when I go grocery shopping, I have like a full athleisure. Yeah, I have a full Lululemon outfit on. You're doing on. your hot girl walks yeah. to the grocery store. And I'm like, maybe people think I work out. <laughs> They probably think I'm pretty fit. Like, oh, she just came from the gym. Yeah. No, you can wear wear whatever you want. Wear your do your cozy cardio in a snuggie and and flip flops. Yeah, you might get whatever hot, it but... takes. True. Yeah, whatever whatever works for you. I mean, that's what I say. I encourage movement of all sorts. So walking around the streets of New York or whatever absolutely counts. Okay, glad to hear it, Adam. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find you and follow you? Yeah, you can find me uh, mostly on TikTok or Instagram, Adam Wright Fitness, uh, also on YouTube. So pretty much any platform, same name, Adam Wright Fitness, all, all, all the places. Nice. Amazing. Thank you so much. That's it for today's Absolutely. episode. Be sure to send your questions to DST at Betches.com to get them answered and follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. If you like this episode, please write us a review and don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And then, of course, follow me at Lubination. And you can follow me at Trixie2Zini, T-R-I-X-I-E-T-U-Z-Z-I-N-I on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Nice. And we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Batches.